Hi, my name is Ayo Schneike. I go by he, him pronouns, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Foodspace. Hey, Kayla, what's up? Hey, Ayo. Uh, my name is Kayla. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the head of nutrition communication for Foodspace Technology. And it's been a minute since you recorded, so I'm pretty excited. It's been definitely a minute. Lots of things going on on the other half of our life, but um, I'm so excited to be back on the mic with you. I know. And we're both in new, diff- new places, so it sounds a little bit different. It feels a little bit different, but it's the same screen. Oh, I love it. It's going to be a good time, and I'm so excited for this conversation, too, because it's kind of like a, a recap, a, a nice conversation between us. It's like journaling, but with our mouths instead of writing it down. <laughs> oh, I miss this so much. And we've seen each other in person, IRL, safely, in between these episodes, too. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's nice to be in. Cal- it was nice to be in California. Nice to have that sunny weather. Not too hot. Not too cold. Just a okay. I got to meet your mom. Yeah, that was dope. We had lunch. That was exciting. Was it lunch or dinner? It was dinner. Okay, yeah, and we got to meet your partner as well. Yeah, so we're we're real friends now. Um, that's pretty exciting. So, what have you been uh, snacking on since I've seen you last? Oh, so many things, so many things. Oh, one thing actually that's pretty interesting is um, there's this cereal called Magic Spoon. And it's pretty interesting because the cereal has zero sugar and there's like a fruit flavor, there's a chocolate flavor, and there's a peanut butter flavor. And right now I've been snacking on the fruit, uh, like I guess it's like the fruit flavor kind, but it's been delicious. No milk, just pure. So just dry, dry cereal. Just dry cereal. Hand in the bag. All right. How about yourself? Um, that's pretty funny. Um, I've I've definitely I've been trying some new snacks thanks to some an upcoming content series on that other half of food space, uh, the food space technology side of things. So I've actually gotten some new snacks in my rotation, but um, not branded, but really just been loving veggies and dip, like a good baba ganoush and some like baby carrots, hitting it up. Um, like wasabi flavored seaweed is my like go to snack. Gotta love something that's like crunchy and spicy and salty. And then I feel like I'm just perpetually switching between coffee and kombucha. So I will shout out GT's kombucha. I love the trilogy flavor. Yeah, that's been some good some good snacks. So we, uh, we're never not eating well, I think. All right, so we actually have a surprise special guest today and it's going to be our producer, Lily. Lily, say hi. Yo guys, what up? So (laughs) (laughs) Lily is always here, but today Lily is going to be helping us because we're going to be doing a question and answer episode, reflecting a little bit on season one, teasing for season two, um, just trying to to reflect on what we've learned because we've we've done a lot of learning. So I'll let Lily start our Q&A session today. We've been sourcing some of these questions from our social media channels and our email, which is foodspacepod at foodspacetech.com. And uh, so in between seasons, be sure to reach us there, check out our social media. We always are gonna be posting episode updates, teaser things behind the scenes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, Lily, take it away. Definitely, thanks Kayla and Io. And I just wanna congratulate you guys on getting close to wrapping up season one of Food Space Pod. I have really enjoyed being on this journey with you guys so far. There's been a lot of lessons learned and new skills learned and funny ups and downs but overall it's been a really fun project so really looking forward to season two as well but uh let's get into the questions Haley asks 
what are the top five things you guys would like to see happen or change in the food industry in the next five years? I like this question a lot. Um, I don't know if I have exactly five different things that I would like to see happen or change. I think my biggest one is going to be kind of abstract, but a shift away of like reductionist thinking in food and nutrition. So instead of focusing so much on these really smaller details, you know, like, uh, is it 100 calories or 99 calories, you know, that type of thing, thinking more bigger picture, and getting people to think about food a little bit more holistically, and a little less like some of, I mean, it is a sum of all the parts, but not getting so caught up in the details. And that I also think it wouldn't be me if I didn't say that I hope that we move away from like fluffy marketing words. Would love to see us actually getting into like the specifics of things rather than solely focusing on buzzwords. Um, I even like labels, you know, labels are really helpful. I like live vegan as vegan as possible. I love seeing when a product says that, but not everybody defines vegan the same way. So I would love for us to just start talking about specifics. So I'd much rather like have a conversation about like why or what or, or how rather than just like, oh, I refer to blank and assuming that we're all talking about the same thing, um, which are pretty abstract ideas. But overall, that's, pro that's probably it um, off the top of my head, at least right now. How about you, Ayo? Let's see, in the next five years, in the next five years, well, I don't know if I told y'all, but I recently got like an Oculus. So it's like a AR kind of VR situation that you put the glasses on your face and you see like augmented reality. So one thing I would love to see happen in the next five years is be able to shop through like an Oculus, which would be kind of really cool having like a virtual grocery store. It's been something that's been on my mind for quite a long, long time now. So that'd be wow. interesting. Yeah, I'm like so excited just to be able to shop like in my room. Do you think but, it, uh, within five years, do you think that's realistic? Like, is that a half thing? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I see it happening. Um, another thing is, Along the same lines as you, I hope that, you know, as we move into more online information, there's information everywhere. It's not consistent. It's not, an it's not accurate all the time. I hope that we move towards transparency. I mean, yes. I feel like that's always a conversation. Transparency, transparency. Oh, we're more transparent. We're the most transparent. But I really just hope that there's some sort of consistency of transparency, I guess is a better way to say it so that I could really understand the food that I'm eating and just like feel more confident, I guess, in my, in our eating habits and food system. Wow. I can't believe I didn't mention that. So I a hundred percent back that up. I mean, the gaming, the gamification of like AR would be super cool too, but hundred <laughs> percent transparency. That's a big one. Let's see one more, one more. The next one, I think just to end it off would be, I'd love to be able to see, more people, I guess, happy with our food system. It's kind That's of very sweet. broad as well. Just like, you know, somebody wakes up in the day and they're just like, yeah, I'm pretty happy about the way that regulation in food is going right now. That's, uh, I don't know if it's the next five years, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. That's such a niche thought, but I really love it, I guess. <laughs> okay, I wanna add one one last thing. And now, now I'm really thinking, it's, it's turning. <laughs> Um, as usual, you make me think of things that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise, but accessibility, like largely in terms of price and location and temporality and like different needs and, and people. So I think, I think accessibility on like a really big scale would be super important. And that's not just in like the global North, but in the global South as well. And like making 
cultural products more accessible and like yeah just tailoring it to every every different group i think would be a beautiful thing to see in the next few years yeah so what's temporality it is like looking at time so, okay, cool. so the, yeah the availability time wise which is going back to my research days so we won't get bogged down in that too much because that'll really derail me from this Q&A <laughs> episode nice you guys are always doing a learn with us even when <laughs> It's just like a, a little chat. So Got to I love that. That's what makes the pod great, in my opinion. So tell us about one of your favorite memories involving food. And I know you guys have a lot, but it doesn't have to be the end all be all, just one that comes to mind. All right. I'm going to jump on this one because it's one of my my favorite memories, and I have a lot of them with food, I'm sure that we've shared throughout the podcast. Um, but I think one of my favorite memories, and it's like, I don't know why I'm feeling called back to like younger childhood, but my dad and I did this like special thing when I was younger where he would wake me up and I thought it would be like the middle of the night um, my in my time. And like, you know, as a little kid, I was in elementary school, so little, little kid, like, I don't know what time it was, but we were the only ones awake, like my mom and my brother weren't awake and he would like bring me downstairs to my bedroom and we would bake cookies. So he would always have like ready-made cookie dough, like one of those packages that you just like plop it out and bake it. Um, and we would like bake cookies and eat them at night when like nobody else was awake and then I would just go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What kind of cookies was it? Was it all types? Like chocolate, no, like chocolate chip, like Classic. probably Pillsbury, like whatever's, you know, Nestle out of the package whatever he could pick up at the supermarket or the corner store and like just baking cookies and it felt like so so special and i, I have always had a real soft spot for like baking cookies now also take and bake cookies are underrated those really slap mm. i'm very happy there are like vegan friendly options out there now of those type of like packaged cookie dough just like are those those they're the ones that you just kind of like cut like get yeah. a little cookie shape put in the oven oh, yeah they like come in, in like squares yeah how about you, yeah. Aya? What's your is your favorite memory? I guess I'll go back in the day like yourself, because I was just thinking about like back in like middle school and high school. Like one thing I I never I never took for granted, but I always loved is my mom would always pack like the most massive lunch. And like if you think <laughs> about like from elementary school to like high school, my lunch boxes just kept getting bigger. So they just kept getting better and better. And like by the time I was in high school, my lunchbox was literally like a mini box. And I'd have like the bottom layer and the top layer and like she'd always like in the morning cook like something really interesting like if it was chicken nuggets it'd be like chicken nuggets with like a nice spiciness to it and everything was like homemade and yeah I just good times like those are good lunches so I really 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 loved that um I also want to drop in here that I did actually hear this story for the first time when Io and I met up for dinner with his mom my partner back a couple weeks ago. And she was telling the story and rolling her eyes and you could just tell that she like loved doing it, but also like it was so silly because she cause she was saying how you had to like have it heated up by like your school. Like you had, oh, they had yeah. to go out of the way to like heat up Io's lunch for him. And like everybody knew that you were gonna just like have this massive thing to like unpack it. All these, she was like, he would have these sauces and these dips. And she was like the last day of, of high school, I was done making his lunch. <laughs> oh geez it was it was so good like i just can't even i can't even explain it's so good that's amazing i i mean i'm i'm jealous of that for sure i had some good lunches back in the day but i think my special idea of a lunch was like oh i got a lunchable <laughs> i mean those lunchables with the chips and salsa was like my shit back in the camp days 
So nice. I miss that. It's, that's awesome. What a fun memory to have. Mm. Good times, good times, bro. Um, all right, well, how about your favorite episode of the Food Space Pod so far? And obviously, we want to know why. Hmm. That's a good question. I think my favorite episode thus far was, I think it was, um, oh, let me think for a second. One of my favorite episodes was probably when we were discussing for like 45 minutes ice cream, just because ice cream is probably one of my favorite snacks. And then we learned all about the protein and all about how it's made. And then we learned about why it's sometimes vegan and why it's not sometimes vegan. And I think that was one of my favorite uh, like episodes because, I mean, just having the whole team on board, having um, Kayla, you introduced the idea and then coming into fruition of actually having like them have a conversation with us. I think that was like really awesome. Yeah. So I was talking about what are fermented proteins with a fermented special guest. proteins. Yeah, yes. it was Kathleen Ney from Perfect Day. Mm-hmm. Who Perfect I actually day. also met up with recently, IRL. So wait, when was this? Yeah, we, we had dinner in the city a couple a couple of weeks ago too. Oh, lucky! Did you guys? You know, we tried, uh, and the place across the street from where we went to dinner was like it said open, and we walked in, and they were like, "No, nah, we're closed." So we tried, <laughs> we did. Um, next nice. time, Kathleen, if you're listening, we owe each other some ice cream. Hundred percent. That was a great episode. How are you, what about you? Uh, I can't say all of them. No, I can't say all of them. Um, I definitely have bits and pieces that I love from each of them. I think we've had some really incredible guests who I feel very honored to have had um, on the pod. But I have to say, I think the the episode on food allergies, where it was just a learn with us with me and Io, and we got into some mm-hmm. of our childhood stories up top, and it was kind of more of just the vibe back and forth. I, I had a really... I don't know. I had a really good time doing that one. I think Lily, you were like laughing off camera. Um, and so it was just like, yeah, it felt, it felt kind of easy. I feel like that was the middle of the season. We had our groove going. It was a topic that like I was working on a bunch of projects for, for food space tech. And then we did an episode for food space pod and I got to share what, what all I'd been learning. So yeah, I think that one was enjoyable. Yeah. There was a nice flow, a nice back and forth, a nice vibe. For good. once, we got it right, right? <laughs> For sure. That was a good episode. I miss it. Yeah, okay. I definitely have to... Lily, what's yours? Had... Oh, mine? Um, I mean, I also love that episode. I, You guys just crack me up, man. Like, I've, I've done some of the editing for these episodes as well. And, like, I'm just laughing to myself, like, in the dark <laughs> as I'm listening to the back and forth banter. You guys, like, keep it lively. And, you know, I mean, not every educational podcast is interesting, you know? I mean, honestly, I'm not really a podcast person. Like, I prefer music but i really do enjoy listening to y'all's episodes so to me that's a success um but i've yeah i've definitely enjoyed it and i mean there's been a lot of really informative conversations like you said with some awesome guests that are like worldwide presences so that's been really cool to to interact with those individuals truly um all right so we have a question from maddie 
Do you guys think education on food labels should be placed on the consumer, producer, or another party? Mm. That's such an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first. I really do think it should be on the producer and also the government. I think the producer can come into play with just having, I think, like I mentioned earlier, just having transparency, being able to accurately describe some of the words. I see that sometimes there's such, like if you ever, I mean, looking at a label, there's just such long terms that you probably have no idea what it is. And it's some type of maybe like artificial sugar or artificial flavor. So just being able to either have like an online resource to just understand what it means. I also think that's one thing that's pretty interesting is just that like the ingredients that are first are the most amount of the, of the ingredient in the product. Something that I've learned as I've gone through the food space journey. And I think just being able to educate people on that aspect would be interesting. And I think the producer is able to best provide that information. Now the government on the other hand, I think where the education could come in that landscape is just by providing more of like worldwide or national campaigns to be able to, you know, publish more information about what ingredients are or publish more information about why there are these dietary restrictions or dietary um, um, like amounts. So I think it's kind of like a joint force, but the consumer has to be willing to take in that education. That's yeah, for question. sure. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big question. Um, Loaded. It's really, it is. It's, there's so <laughs> much there. I don't think that like, I don't think any one party needs to shoulder it completely. Um, I do, I think that your last point there is really important. Like, you know, a consumer has to be willing to learn. And I don't know that there are any like real structured ways to get people to learn or engage with education about food labels specifically outside of like elementary school, middle school type things. Like, I don't know that I've, you know, like at what point can you reach somebody who didn't grow up in a school system that taught them about nutrition or how to read a food label or how to cook or things like that? Like, how do you reach that person, you know, on the scale of a national campaign? So some of my public health classes are coming into play here. Um, so I think that, I think it needs to be done everywhere. I think that we have so overlooked this idea of education and I would love it to even go beyond the food label. You know, I would love to see nutrition education in general coming from collaborative effort from manufacturers and producers, as well as, you know, retailers, brands. So I would love to see the education come from everywhere and also connect back to the food system in general. And so I know that's kind of like a bigger than what the question asked, but yeah, I would love to see that like connection between production, you know, like, what is it to, to have people stop and think? I had this like really weird realization last night. Um, <laughs> I, I stopped on the way home from somewhere and got uh, milkshakes and fries um, mm. at like a vegetarian, vegan friendly fast food place that's like a one freeway exit away from us. And then we decided from there that um, that wasn't enough and we wanted more fries. So we didn't want to go back to the same place because they were closing in a few minutes. So we went to another place and got another order of French fries. And then I went back home and I realized like how incredible it is to be able to go, just go be like, I want French fries and go and pick it up. When like, do you know how long it takes to grow potatoes and how many potatoes we probably ate in like one quote sitting or car ride? Like 
You know, and like that, the connection there to even be able to think of that is rooted in nutrition education. I have to be able to understand that like French fries come from potatoes, which might seem really easy to some people. And also like, that's not a fact that everybody knows, right? And that potatoes have this like really rich and storied history geographically, um, imperialistically, like through colonization, they tell a really incredible story. And also that just because we only see three types of potatoes in store and some of us call them you know, sweet potatoes versus yams and all this stuff, you know, there's so much in there that ties back to, there are so many different types of potatoes. Why do we only see the same three or four types of potatoes at every store? You know, like why does the first thing come to mind? Why is that a russet potato and not, you know, whatever potato is indigenous to your area or, you know, if you're in the state in, in the Americas quote, you know, like there's so much there. So I know I, I took this, I took this way out of the, the question, but Who's surprised? I love, I love it, Kayla. Like this is this is this is now my favorite episode. When <laughs> Kayla goes on a rampage about potatoes and where they come from. Guys, watch out. Truly she though, why you. why do we associate them with Ireland? They did not come from Ireland. Why is why do we like they seem like the most Irish thing you could have is like potatoes or whiskey, or whatever? Potatoes are not indigenous there. They are indigenous to like the quote Americas. Dude, it's the potato famine. I know, but they're not, but like the potato famine was created by producing, the potato famine happened because we exploited agriculture that wasn't indigenous to an area and then had a social political climate where you were reliant on one species of potato. And when something happened to that species, it wiped out all of the food for anybody. And so like we learned about the potato famine and we learned about Ireland, but there's like, that's what I'm saying. Like the nutrition education, like should take it further. You know, like there's so many, there's so much there. And I, I think it's cool, but also like I was literally sitting in my bed last night, like late at night, thinking about potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> like I can't even like I, I just it just hit me like just going and getting fast food, which I really don't do that much. Was just like I want potatoes. I can go and get it. Like all the steps that it took to get from like a plant in the ground to me getting two separate orders of fries. Like I don't Shout know. It was a fun potatoes. It was a fun night. I love potatoes. I do too. I'm not going to lie. I love all types of potato families. Yams, sweet potatoes, little potatoes, big potatoes, blue potatoes, purple potatoes. They're Fried, all good. Mashed, <laughs> mashed. <laughs> Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> I love you them. name it. <laughs> this, this is good. Yeah. I love me some fries too. Mm, some truffle fries. Oh, there you go. Mm. Yeah. Potato. Anyways. So. Looping back, I'm going to tie Thanks. myself back in. <laughs> Thanks, say, Maddie, for that question. <laughs> Did I use up all of our time, or do we have time for a couple more questions? No, we can definitely keep it going. All um, right, let's, let's do it. Yeah, okay, so how has, the, how has hosting Food Space Pod impacted your work? Wow. Um, yeah. don't, don't tell my boss, but... <laughs> Uh, if, I mean, if you're new here and you don't get it, Io is my boss. Yeah, I mean, let's see, how has it impacted? I mean, it's brought me insight. It's, I think, you know, when we started the pod, I think one thing that I really appreciate out of it is that it always gives you that element back to, like, it's not just cereal, nutrition is 18 grams and, or like sugar is 18 grams and sodium is 16 milligrams and, it's not just information on a piece of paper, on a computer, or on a box. I feel like having these conversations really brings a human element to it. So it always like 
you know, has me thinking about that. Yes, we do product information management for accuracy and transparency, but it's also that we're doing this for a mission to be able to, you know, provide better insights to customers that are looking to, um, you know, eat. So if just, you know, not to go off on it, but I think what it's really done for me is just provide more of a human shopper element and kind of brings back the feeling into food into our work. So that's like on my side. How about you, Kayla? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say mission accomplished because, you know, that's my whole goal is to keep the food industry talking about food. So hell yeah. check. Um, yeah, I think I've I think I've learned a lot. I'm getting all introspective now. Um, <laughs> potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> I could make don't even I could make a whole podcast <laughs> season about potatoes. That's what season two is. There's the surprise. <laughs> Just potatoes. Um, no, I had a thought. Um, I think that the best thing for me is to to learn how to communicate this information better. So I consider myself mm. right a nutrition communication professional. Um, and one thing is the structure, right? Like this ability to, yeah, kind of do some research, but to be able to teach somebody has always been my best way of learning things. Mm. Um, and to be able to do it in a conversational setting um, and sometimes in an informal interview setting where we're, uh, you know, we have an outline or we've done some research or we have a, a news story we want to talk about or a book that we want to mention, but that real, really we can take you know, somebody's questions and answers and even I like your questions that you are reiterating and trying to understand and like learn as we're going, you know, that kind of stuff has been really helpful for me to, um, yeah, to really learn how to communicate more effectively as I stumble over my words uh, mm -hmm. and, and learn what it takes to kind of speak to a general, pretty broad audience who might be like tangentially interested in this area of food or that area of food. Um, and bring them either really specific or really broad topics and figure out how to distill it down and communicate it to that listener effectively. I love um, that. Definitely I mean, something I'm going to keep learning. And it's definitely been helpful. I mean, I think it's like, I've learned so much during this podcast, just with like not only our, our um, guests that we brought in, but yourself. So I could definitely say it's working and I'm so excited to learn more. Heart emojis flying. <laughs> Dope. Love that. Okay. Um, I have about two more questions for you guys. So as somebody who loves hot takes, <clears throat> what is your favorite food trend and least favorite food trend? Mm. Okay. Okay. Io first me or you. <laughs> Go for it, Kayla. <laughs> Kayla. Kayla's like, I can't just pick one. She's charging up. It's cycling through my head. I'm trying to pick out which one. I mean, like very specific. I think I don't want to slap, like, you know, cut down anybody's diet. I think that there's always room for us to have our own preferences and things like that. However, I think seeing the trend of keto continuously evolve, I think it just keeps getting worse. I don't think it's getting better. And that's one where, you know, there are many different reasons that people sometimes do it, but we've lost sight of the fact that keto originally, like that quote diet was developed for a very medical purpose. So that was originally medically tailored nutrition um, for a very specific audience that then diet culture took, um, found out a way that they could exploit the anti-fatness we have as a society 
sell it as a trend where people are literally putting their body into ketosis or starvation mode um, to quote, lose weight, burn fat, drop a couple pounds. Um, and they're not doing it always safely. They're not doing it uh, under you know the supervision of a medical professional, one, because that's not always accessible to people. And two, because again, the way that we've marketed this trend, they're not marketing it as a medical diet, right? They're marketing it as a way to lose weight quickly. Um, and it can be really dangerous. And there's some really scary stuff out there. And then also, I just think that, again, that label has gotten gotten lost. It's been greenwashed a little bit. And now people see that and assume it's, quote, healthier and un unhealthier for them rather than understanding what it means, that it's high in fat and that it might um, affect other, you know, other health conditions that they have or other nutritious uh, foods that they would have eaten or that they're choosing that because it says keto and not because they actually want to eat it. You know, that, that that's, again, it's, I guess it's really been, that's a really reductionist take um, on like a dietary trend. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that keto remains my least favorite food diet trend. Um, and my favorite one is probably, I love seeing people try new things. I think TikTok has been awesome. Like people like Lizzo, celebrities like Lizzo are always trying new food trends or like different flavor combinations and things. I love seeing people play with it. Um, I love seeing people like they're they're trying uh, yellow mustard on watermelon. You know, like apparently it's a really good combination. I've yet to try it. I got to make it happen. But I love seeing that. Mm. Seeing people try like uh, the feta TikTok pasta, you know, and like a, a bunch of veganized versions of it or, you know, this a bunch of different takes of it. Just people personalizing a trend and making it their own and then like showing it just for fun. I think that's cool. Of course, that's not they're not always like the best food trends through through viral videos, but I just think it's cool to see people like engaged and playing around and trying new things. Hmm, nice. Let's see. Yeah. How about you? I think my worst trend, if I have to think about all of them, is probably vegan. Um, no, I'm kidding. Nah. Um, my worst trend, in, I'm kidding, Kayla. My worst trend is probably. I mean, we could turn this into a debate. Hit me. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I like veganism. It's just chill. I like plant-based. I like veganism. Say okay what's, with me. What's the difference, Aya? So plant-based <laughs> means that you can also eat chicken. And vegan <laughs> means that you don't eat chicken. All right. You are playing too much for this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, actually, you know, that is a good question. Like, I think if we just, like, I'll say my my favorite and my worst trend. But let's leave with also some, like, knowledge on that because plant-based vegan kayla if you could do like a quick overview of like the difference i'm not i just can't tell yet that's because it doesn't exist there's no okay, universal perfect. definition and again maybe that's coming for season three but i'm gonna i'm gonna let you do your trends and for for the listener um yeah i was just messing around uh yeah i i have a lot of personal thoughts on it but for time's sake yeah, plant-based is however you define plant-based and vegan is however you define vegan. What's more beneficial is to get into the specifics of that conversation, what it means to you, why you're doing it, how you're doing it, and be intentional, so. Um, so for me, my worst is natural. I Ooh. think I don't really have to define it that much. It just doesn't make sense because <laughs> like- The FDA hasn't yet, so why should you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what natural means. And I guess like it actually, you know, if anybody is listening that makes food or produces or manufacturer, when you put natural on your food, it actually makes me put down your product. So like just, Ooh. yeah. So just remember that. And then second thing is um, in terms of my favorite, my favorite, 
my favorite trend is probably master chefs master chef celebrity edition when all the famous chefs come on and they're like oh my god is that this person and then there's like oh my god is that this person and they all cook together and it's all home cooked chefs if you haven't watched master chef start at one and then come back to like 21 when i think we're on right now but like i just hope that trend continues that's a big assignment you just gave yeah. people 20 seasons of a, of a oh, show oh yeah i think you've got to watch it it's like all right. changing maybe our next podcast is a master chef rewatch podcast mm, that sounds actually <laughs> amazing like a like a little like overview or like review after every single episode we just mm. talk about it that'd be awesome as long as we get to eat the food too all right, Lily, what's our last question? Okay, well, of course, we have to look ahead to season two. <clears throat> so what are your hopes for the new season? Our hopes for the new season? I mean, on my side, I hope that we continue to be educational, fun, um, like just have an open discussion. Um, and I hope that, you know, we have some more wonderful guests that join us to have a conversation about food and take it outside of like the day-to-day -day, nine to five type, 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 and just have a conversation about how food makes you feel. How are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a great, that's a great thing for season two. Um, <laughs> on the admin side, I would say structure. So, so we can get you more regular podcasts. Um, oh yeah. It's coming. We're going to work on it. It's, I mean, that's the entrepreneurship life. We're all in it. Um, mm -hmm. Lily's been amazing and we've learned a lot. So I think season two is going to have a lot, um, of opportunity in that sense. Um, and then in season two, hmm, I'm hoping for more audience participation. Yeah, let's let's put some of the burden on you all listeners here, please. Um, you know, we have social medias, we're pretty widely available, we're open, we're flexible, like talk to us. We're, we're just as cool off the podcast as we are on the podcast. Um, that's a lie, I'm not cool. But uh, <laughs> I, still, I still, I want some engagement. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, no, I want some engagement. I want to hear what people think. I want to be challenged. Uh, I want the opportunity to like address that and and incorporate like <laughs> feedback and participation. Kayla's like, I want to be challenged. And I want to have the opportunity to address your challenge too. So she's coming. Season two. Um, go head to head. Bye. <laughs> <with> some listeners. <laughs> I love um, I mean, maybe a little bit, but um, also <laughs> just. Yeah, there's got to be people out there who like we haven't connected with yet who have a lot to either teach us or, you know, 100%. can can go into more detail than we could on this like one podcast episode. And uh, I want to I want them to find us. I want to find them. So audience I'm coming, coming for you. Let's talk about food. Love it. <laughs> um, I'm also hoping that we can have some more fun outros. So Io, do you have a jingle for us to end season one on today? Is it just going to be me crying into the mic? Oh, the classic uh, jingles. Uh, let's see. Well, I have a new type type computer, or like I don't know how to explain it. It's like um, a keyboard nope, that makes like a type type <laughs> computer. Like so, I can do like a like a food space pod, food space pod. We're out. Food space pod out. How's that? <laughs> Is that okay? I mean, yeah, it's great. I think it's hilarious that you think type type on your keyboard is like music. <laughs> and we also couldn't hear it. 
Oh, Not even a little it? bit. No, oh, I was looking no. for it. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to like save that for later. But I promise you, I have a keyboard that this is like wonderful typing noise. Like when you're like. He, and I just want to clarify, I was not talking about a keyboard like a like a piano. He's talking about a like a computer oh, no, like keyboard. A, like a keyboard like A B C D. Like it's amazing you, to hear throughout. You the just day. have a you have a noisy keyboard and, and you want more people to hear it. I'm sad that you guys didn't hear it, but I guess next time. But Kayla, I love doing this show with you and I'm so excited for season two. We're out. We're out. <laughs>